to another episode of On Repeat with me, Ellie Rashid. And me, Hattie Winter. This week we had the absolute pleasure of talking to the absolute dreamboat that is Jelly Cleaver, who is a producer, guitarist, singer-songwriter based in South London. Oh yes, and she has an eclectic taste in music, heavily involved in both the jazz and DIY punk scenes in London. And actually, the Supreme Standards have claimed her to be the next artist to make an impact on London's jazz scene. She's also an activist and a strain of political dissent runs through her music. So we do get a little bit political. And actually, the song that you can hear in the background called Can't Stop the Love is a collaboration that she did very recently. It came out, was it a few days ago? Yeah, it did. I think it was like the second came out a few days ago um so that's uh really wonderful to have such uh such new music (laughs) on our podcast yeah super recent very recent and we'll also be talking about the transformative nature of music being self-taught on your instrument and creating safe spaces i'm really keen i'm talking about um all the safe spaces that jenny makes the diversity in music and how she kind of overcomes those those issues that are, you know, quite focal to a lot of people's experiences, unfortunately. So that's, it's been great to talk about that. Absolutely. So sit back, relax, and keep it on repeat. Yes, indeed. <laughs> You've been called the next artist to make an impact in the London jazz scene. I've read this, no. I've read this quite a lot. And I just wondered if that, if that was like a hard thing to live up to. No, it's because I put it in my press release. Oh, really? Is that the <laughs> but, way to do it? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it makes me sound fancy, man. I'm not going to live that down. Um, no, that's not, that's not a pressure at all. I just, I'm, just, I'm the one saying it. No, um, no my, mate, my mate wrote it about it, me. I mean, I mean, she's a great journalist. You pick yourself up, you know. Um, my name is Jelly Cleaver. I'm pretty sure about that. Um, I am a guitarist, mainly. I uh, also um, write tunes and I produce music and I sing on top of my tunes sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do I do? Yeah, I kind of um, I kind of like to experiment with jazz, like incorporate a couple of other styles. So I'm really influenced by like a lot of modern music, like hip hop and trap, and mm. um, also really like a lot of psychedelic stuff, a lot of kind of 60s, 70s. Rock and roll, Joni Mitchell, <laughs> Flower Power. <Nice. laughs> That's so good. And, and also punk. I love punk. <laughs> and um, yeah, just like I, I love a lot of different music and classical as well. And I try and kind of combine them into one magic thing. Mate, this is such a mix of genres. <laughs> like, I'm loving it. I am actually loving it because yeah. that is what like like we're trying to sort of draw attention to. But I'm also, Mm. I'm really interested to know how you kind of got to grips with all those genres. Because, you know, you meet some people who are like, I listen to this or this. And they kind of shut Mm. off from everything else. And then you get those people Mm. who are like, I listen to everything. But I always wonder when Mm. people say that is like, do you really listen to everything properly? Or do you just listen to a tiny bit Mm. of everything? Like, how do you become almost an expert in so many different genres and fields? Hmm. Yeah, I would definitely wouldn't, uh, I would never say I'm an expert in, in any genre, except for, I mean, I've, I've studied a lot of jazz history, so I know, I know the, you know, I'm a bit of a nerd, <laughs> so I know bits of that, but um, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm an expert, I just really love lots of different types of music, and I feel like with music, like, you get so much of a sense of people's lives out mm-hmm. of it, mm-hmm. um, you really kind of, it's like a way directly into people's souls, you know, so like, you listen to, I don't know, some kind of like the Ramones, and you just you're in New York in in like you know the seventies and like sweaty clubs and you know all this all this and then you listen to I don't know um, uh, I love Estrella Morenta who's like an amazing um, flamenco singer mm-hmm. and you know you're just like in Spain and all this culture and you know the the life of like you know the gyp- gypsy communities and and um, and and all that culture and then I love like obviously jazz and. You know, you're in New Orleans, you're in New York, you're in uh, wherever else you are. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I would never say I'm an expert because it's not, you're not just an expert on like this artist 
or this, um, you know, these these kind of techniques or whatever. It's it's like a whole way of life. It's like a whole ex- like lived experience. So, and and then you just get a, you know like with music, you can like I feel like you literally get like this sense of who someone is, what what life means to them, what their culture is, who they know, mm. like what they're doing at the time, why are they singing sad songs, what's going on with them, or like why where do they get these crazy like beats or why are they <laughs> yeah. making why are they making music out of like saxophones or like computers or guitars like you just get so much about who they are um mm. from like you know some weird audio <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah yeah it kind of transports you exactly where, yeah where do you think that your music transports like your Ooh. audience to or where would you <laughs> want them to go what do you want them to be like imagining Oh dear. Well, I'm quite political, so you know the revolution. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Feeling that. Um, yeah. Definitely. I mean, I, I think. Um, yeah, it's weird in music. Like sometimes I just want to might write like crazy tunes about like, you know, um, being sassy or like a tune about uh, being sad. I love writing how about how sad I am all the time. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I think you know I've had like a lot of you know heart to hearts with myself, and I'm trying to generally except when I'm having a bit of a mad one I want to generally use my music to like you know make a change in the world as in Mm. the little way I can and you know I think I think you know with with music and art at least you you have a a means um which most other people don't have to kind of influence people Mm. um Mm -hmm. in like a really emotional way um and you know I really believe in like you know a better world um I think it's like a I, I, you know, I've been having lots of thoughts. I think it's like a really deep spiritual, mental, um, com- you know, relational way that we have to change. And I think maybe music is one way to help people see that maybe. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know if, you know, me writing a nice saxophone line mm-hmm. is going to change the world. But, you know, I like to think it, it will. And, you know, might as well write some music about what I'm, what I'm feeling about that. you are quite political and thinking mm. about your song Yarswood yeah for yeah. example like how did that um like come about literally it was, that was like so sometimes uh with my music well most of my songs are just they come to me straight away um and so I went to my first Yarswood protest um a couple of years back um and it was just such a crazy emotional experience like um you know it was uh we kind of marched out to Yarswood, which is a detention centre, if any of you know, detention centres are these places where they house mm-hmm. um, people um, under very dodgy pretenses and there is a whole lot of human rights abuses and shady sides of the law, <laughs> breaking international protocol, which goes against everything that the government is always doing with migrant policy. Um, but yeah, my actual experience of it was so overwhelming. You know, we saw these women. So Yarswood is an all-female detention mm-hmm. centre. Um, it used to have kids there, but then they decided maybe that was a bit unethical. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, it had um, the women were kind of, I mean, the guards do all cries of craziness, but the women had managed to kind of get themselves in their rooms and were trying to like wave their underwear at us and be like, we're mm. here, we're here, you know. And, um, you know, for them, like, basically the government puts them there, isolated from their friends, their families, their communities, to make them feel like nobody cares about them make them completely disconnected from everyone else so that you know the government can persuade them to get on a a plane and leave everything they've worked for here um or whatever it is they're trying to do who knows mental (laughs) mental torture basically and Mm. you know it's just to show that people are here people love them people care about them that's really what what that protest was about and then obviously we organize outside and we try and you know get them out change the law all this stuff but that that protest was literally like uh, you know we love you we're here for you and that's what was constantly you know we were literally chanting that you know we're here <laughs> we care about you you know shut down this madness um and like people were like banging on the walls they were like what else were we doing we had like um flares you know colorful flares and it was all like having a little party really um but also to be really sad and really like charged and it was an all-day thing and then the police came and it got a bit rowdy <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, I, I I just was so like moved by it. And I was and I kind of I just remember like walking back in the dark and 
um you know we'd been we'd been dancing and and there'd been a samba band there and we were like banging on the literally the walls of the the, the prison and it's like big metal huge metal gates like how's anybody going to escape from that like mm. why would anybody try and escape it's madness but anyway you know these really high metal gates we were banging on them and and we were walking um walking back afterwards and and my mate just shouted, "We love you!" Like <laughs> uh, to 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 the you know to the to the women in there, and uh, and then yeah, the next day I just wrote the whole song basically, um, because you know I had that rhythm of like the pounding against the the prison walls and you know all literally just the slogans we were shouting and mm. why we were there and it was yeah it was just simple to to write that tune and then it just came out of this really weird like <laughs> prog madness, <laughs> but yeah. That's amazing. Mm. So you wrote that all in like one day in yeah, front yeah. like the day before. Yeah. So have you always been like political or did something kickstart oh, that? No, no, I think, um, God, I don't, I don't know why. I really do not know why I'm like this because it's horrendously um, unhelpful in life. It really doesn't help you out at all. But um, <laughs> I think, you know, I think... Um, it's kind of the idea of like know, ignorance is bliss and then you're oh, like, mate, God damn. Please give me that ignorance. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, when I was younger, um, you know, I always, I, I always, always did charity work. Like, um, I was really moved by like kids who looked like me, um, in other countries who couldn't afford books or food, and I was like, why, why is that? And so I thought, oh, I'll just raise some money, you know, do a bake sale, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, got older, uh, still very naive. <laughs> um, when I was at uni, started to, I mean, there was a big election when I was at uni. Um, I think. Uh, I can't remember which one it was, but, um, you know, I started to realise the Tories were really bad, um, but didn't yeah. care about people. And, um, you know, Labour weren't great then. I mean, they're not great now, God. But, no, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, I just got quite political. And I went, um, you know, where I was at uni was a very elite place. And I had to argue against a lot of Tories, which I'm great at now. Where was that, Jelly? I went to Durham. At Durham. Um, yeah, so it was... Anyway um and started to slightly get a hang also I did I studied history and you know you start to see um you start to see certain madnesses carried out again and again you're like hey why Mm. are these people doing all this madness again yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) um and you know actually the course was pretty terrible but um (laughs) just because it was uh, just because Uh no it was (laughs) I mean, this is the classic thing. It was, um, I went to there because it was like the best in the country, you know, <laughs> top of the league tables. So I was like, yeah. fantastic. I can nerd out. But then I, I, I looked back and it was like all a white man's history mm. that I was learning. And, and it was, it was lies. It was, it was genuinely not <laughs> what was happening. Um, and, you know, I, I still left uni very naive. Well, no, not naive. Well, you know, I started to get a little bit. And then, um, yeah, just getting into activism in London and you really, everything just opens up. You see all the connections. You realise why it, this happens like this. This happens like this. And you you feel like you're seeing the Matrix all the time. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's, crazy. it's completely, like, maddening. And people wonder why you're, you know, you're chatting to yourself and, like, you know, why you have a Boris Johnson head, like, which you throw pens at. But um, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, it's, a certain, it's a certain way of seeing things. And, um, yeah, you can't unsee it, really. So were you doing music um, in Southampton and at uni or was it something that you literally just started intertwined with your activism when you came to London? I don't really know what I was doing with music, but I've just always been like so, 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 so obsessed with it Um, in in like, you know, in ways you can't really explain, but it just makes you feel a lot of feels and you're like, okay. Um, But yeah, when I say I was always a a one, I mean, I was on my own. I, like all my friends liked I don't know Arctic Monkeys or whatever and I was here like oh my god but Jimi Hendrix <laughs> or, oh my god but Louis Armstrong I don't know um and there was nobody I knew who liked jazz at all there was nobody I knew who liked um most of the stuff I did except maybe my dad a bit <laughs> um and and yeah I was just I was just doing my own thing I was just writing I was write write songs from when I was really young um nobody I knew really did music at all so um you know I started I was just experimenting and I didn't have anyone to jam with I feel like naturally I would have become like a punk rock 
teenager if only <laughs> I had more friends. <laughs> yeah. But but you do have a little gang. I do right? have a gang because you live with you live with your band. <laughs> yeah, now I live with my band to make up for like my frustrated teenagers. <laughs> oh, better late yeah. than never, though. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Does that get um really mad like living with your band? <laughs> um i mean they're all they're all really great gals i think i think i finally found people who are as crazy as i am which is saying a lot it really is saying a lot (laughs) (laughs) sounds like i need to join this house yeah yeah yeah. i mean they're 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 awesome like so i live with beth hopkins who plays the saxophone is a they're all composers by the way um yeah Mm. main main instrument is saxophone but guitar sings everything um, Katie Mobley, uh, main instrument is kind of the bass and cello, but she plays lots of different instruments as well. Um, Kasha Constance, that's her artist name, um, who is, yeah, she's amazing. She sings, I know her from Nigel. Oh, right. Yeah. So she, she's a, she's a great singer. She's released some really nice tracks recently and she plays the flute as well. Um, oh, cool. and then Tash Kiri is a drummer. She's just started a band called Toe with her boyfriend who plays the baritone sax so that's a pretty mental duo and um and yeah they're all complete like complete inspirations completely mad um (laughs) yeah so it's it's pretty pretty fun house yeah yeah I see some of your um like videos on Instagram and stuff (laughs) and some of the music videos and I'm just like oh these these girls are like living life (laughs) even like throughout lockdown like it was like they had it sorted I remember when I first met you, Jelly, which was mm. at Girls Rock London at yes, the gig. Yeah. Um, but you were fantastic, by the way. You really <laughs> were. Um, and we had a little chat about Nigel and Tomorrow's Warriors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so are you still doing work with Tomorrow's Warriors? And actually, if you can explain a little bit uh, about what Tomorrow's Warriors is and sure. who they are. Yeah, well, I mean, if you do London jazz... You probably um, will have heard of T- Tomorrow's Warriors or TW. So I actually work in the office. So TW is like my life in a very, very sad way. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's done a lot. It's kind of been going for 30 years and um, started off with the amazing, you know, Gary Crosby and Ginny Lyons, who are completely mad, um, but, you know, very dedicated, very, very dedicated. Um, and they kind of started off just mentoring a lot of the younger um, people on the scene who are now very older and established amazing musicians like Dennis Baptiste and people like that um, but you know uh, I think you know Gary really really kind of sees potential in some people and and you know nurtures it and Janine builds the the crazy warhouse of jazz infrastructure <laughs> um, it's a completely manic working in the office but you know you, you see what they've achieved and and um, it's a bit scary um but yeah there's a lot of a lot of great music which has been made thanks to warriors and a lot of really amazing musicians uh who've gone through it so um it's a bit of a family family tree in that way that's amazing were you in it i mean yeah yeah so i actually um i joined like three years ago um just like me trying to play guitar (laughs) i hadn't actually i've never actually had any like um guitar lessons or any kind of formal training at all yeah it's kind of been all by ear and you know trying to pick stuff up off of the internet or whatever um that's incredible so yeah yeah, warriors has been good to like you know actually meet some real jazz musicians and be like oh so that's what a 251 is cool (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but um yeah it's been a really great it was a really great chance to like meet especially female musicians so I was in like um because yeah jazz is traditionally quite quite um male and mm. um uh, so TW have always tried to um you know promote more women in music and they have this band called Female Frontline which is what I joined which kind of is trying to, you know like it's an all-female to kind of you know balance it out a bit um and yeah through that I met lots of incredible musicians who some of them I live with now (laughs) and um yeah and and it's just really great for us to all grow together play together you know jam together and all this stuff it's funny how with um like musicians because I can just imagine you meeting at um 
at TW and just sort of finding your people. Mm-hmm. Like when everyone says, oh, when you go to uni, whatever, you'll find your people, you'll find your mates when you go here and whatever. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like musicians are a different kettle of fish. <laughs> like they're, they're, they're one on their own. Like, I don't know. It's like at school, if you mm-hmm. have those kind of all those mean girls-esque kind of groups, you've got yeah. the jocks, you've got the popular <laughs> people, you've got the, you know, whatever. And then the music people the music nerds are always sort of like a sort of you know when you think you've got outside the box and mm-hmm. then you've got a little box outside that <laughs> like you know like they yeah. are unusual but it's so nice to hear that you found them <laughs> I found you <laughs> It's fascinating and so interesting that you say you haven't actually had formal lessons, but it sounds mm. like you've taken every opportunity possible. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know whether there might be some kind of like budding musicians listening to this and mm-hmm. maybe like some guitarists, mm. but what would be like your suggestion in terms of taking opportunities and um, would you say like get lessons or, mm. or not? Yeah, like. I would definitely get lessons lessons if I could. I think I think um with a good teacher, like I, I've always kind of taught the guitar more from a technique kind of point of view rather than um, you know, uh theory so much. And I think a good teacher can always you know, hopefully they've been where you've been and they know the shortcuts and um, you know, I feel like uh they can trouble spot in a way. So they'll see, oh, there's a something in your technique. Otherwise, you just have to figure it out yourself, which just takes a long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it does mean, you know, you become individual a lot quicker. Um, mm. Because, mm. you know, like I feel other people, you know, they um, especially with jazz, you know, that's kind of the way you learn, isn't it? You learn to play like other people and then you learn to play like yourself. Um, yeah. Maybe I've <laughs> I've sidestepped the learning to play like other people bit a little <laughs> bit. Um, you know, I still I still I still try and transcribe my Dexter Gordon and well, it's basically just Dexter Gordon to be fair. But um, you know, I feel like um, yeah, a teacher would have been useful. But as, in terms of taking opportunities, like you know, um, I've always been a one to um, you know, I would go to gigs on my own for the longest time just to like soak up. Like that's why I got into punk. Like nobody I knew like went to all these gigs. Um, but that's how I made. I, I yeah I've always been one to have like quite a few random connections um and they're like hang on but you do jazz and I'm like no I don't <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah I just I just you just just go where you where you want to go and um go on your own don't be scared to go on your own mm. to gigs or to meet people or to opportunities I or I you know you just just go for it um nothing should be holding you back and if somebody is offering you help with anything like um or there's a scheme you can get on or um something you just go for it I'm always just telling people to just go for things like you what what are you gonna lose you know <laughs> yeah I'm self-taught on everything man yeah um the beeps and the bops um the beeps and yeah the bops. just 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 having fun and again like um there's so much you can learn off YouTube with production like honestly mm. it's a it's a complete gold mine um but uh yeah it's fun just experimenting like it's yeah with production you can just you can just you know make us beat out the doorknob and um, <laughs> you know like look this is the sound of a, a unicorn sighing and i've made it into a trap beat you know like you can you can really just do that shit i mean mm. not with a real unicorn because unfortunately you know they aren't about but um you can, yeah you can just be really creative that's <laughs> what i'm saying and uh, i love it i just love it yeah that's amazing. And what do you use? You using like Logic or Ableton? Or... Um, I'm actually a, a Pro Tools girl, which makes Ooh. me um, makes me a bit of a unicorn. I think that's quite yeah. a, that's quite a production niche. I would say it is a niche, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But hardcore, <laughs> great choice. Yeah, thank you, thank you. You're thinking about music in such a different way when you're producing it to like when you're jamming it with a band, because when you're producing things, you have total control of everything. Oh, which I love um <laughs> and um and I get really dorky I'm like oh my god what if I put a flange on the hi-hats oh my god <laughs> and stuff but you know when you're when you're working with live musicians um and whatnot you can be like um yeah just imagine that you're like you're playing but you're lying down in a pool of water and you're bubbling along or you know you're you you're talking about music in a completely different way and um 
and you're interacting with people and it, and the you know you might be jamming and it'll just go in a completely random direction you never thought it would like you start off doing some Afrobeat and then you end up in like some disco groove and you're like, how did we get here? <laughs> <laughs> and it's so different from when you're producing, you know, um, just the way you're interacting and thinking about music and making sounds and whatnot. Um, in terms of what I think I'm best at, ooh, that, that's a tricky <laughs> one. Um, I mean, you know, you're always, I think with music, you're always growing. You're always trying to grow. That's the aim. You want to get better, um, you know, find something new. Uh, sound the way you want to sound all this shenanigans so I wouldn't ever I wouldn't I don't know which one I feel most comfortable in in a way it kind of depends what I'm doing it for what projects I'm working on like what I want to experiment with um I'm, I really love doing all the three you know all the different approaches like songwriting and kind of composing for other people um producing like jamming jazz kind of improvisation stuff um i'd love to you know just completely boss all of them but it's a bit tricky <laughs> dividing your time um that way so i guess yeah i just again what opportunities come like um had a mate ask me to produce one of their tracks recently which is amazing so really getting into that and um i've just uh, finished composing a couple of bits and you know it's getting to the mixing stages and and all this stuff you know now so um yeah just juggling obviously there's not so much opportunity for live right now yeah <laughs> but exactly. hopefully when once that happens you know i'm gonna go i'm gonna go for it <laughs> we'll be all over that so yeah no, definitely yeah, as you should i mean when you're talking about like sort of like bossing everything and also juggling everything at the same <laughs> time i can just see like there's such a correlation between like what you're saying and also other people we've spoken to mm. who would class themselves as in within the music industry Mm. and I think that so many people have this preconception that being in the music industry is literally just you playing your instrument and writing some songs Mm. whereas in reality (laughs) it sounds to me like you've actually got one of those portfolio careers where you're managing lots of different things lots of different genres Mm. like different aspects of music like you just mentioned and I know you've you've touched upon like lessons and and stuff like that like have Mm. you uh, do you, you give lessons like music lessons mm, yeah yeah i'm trying to yeah. give more so hey if anyone wants a lesson and <laughs> yeah. um, we'll put a link in the bio <laughs> everyone <laughs> interested in like what kind of teaching you you do like do mm. you do like workshops or one-to-one and do yeah. you find it influences you as a musician at all mm, i don't i probably don't do enough um to do to say that but it really depends like again opportunities like I'm teaching a beginner at the moment which is is really interesting because and this is somebody who hasn't done any other music either um and and it's really interesting working with you know people who are like you know maybe they're they're just really hot on rhythm but they really are not hot on like harmony and and you're trying to teach them without them knowing the names of the notes and and Mm. stuff so yeah it's thinking Mm. about music a bit differently I also, um, yeah, I've done workshops and I really had an amazing opportunity a while ago working with like this incredible um, musician um, who's in a band called Charismatic Megafauna. Incredible, like three piece punk drum madness, female, awesome band. Um, really incredible workshop leader um, teaching some young women, um, again, non-musicians, um, just expressing their creativity, you know, with drums and uh, with some really elementary production on my part. Um, really interesting to see how how people just react. You know, I feel like sometimes people feel like they need to be given creative license to make sound. Mm. You know, you know, we we are, you know, we train yeah. hours a day and you know for years of our life to be able to make the music we make. But or, or, you know, also, um, you know, maybe I just want to pick up a pen one day and start sketching. You know. Um, and I feel like people should be able to just create without any, you know, preconceptions that has to be good or not. Like, I hate mm. that. I hate I hate that so much. I think people just need to be able to react to something and make a sound and, and make a song and, you know, learn the, you know, play one note on the bass and jam out to that. You know, like people can react to music in so many different ways and there shouldn't be any kind of looking down on people because they don't know theory or anything you know just just make music or or whatever get um just in any way they can and I really 
yeah, actually, you know, that beginner mindset, um, when it is in a supportive environment, can be so inspiring because it's like, oh, okay, I guess I can play the drum in this beat and I guess I can say these words over it and okay, let's go. And it's really fun. And it's like, you know, when you're that kind of edge of creativity where there's no rules and you're just feeling your way out, like that's what musicians, us, are trying to do. When we when we reach that in our music, we're like, mm. oh my god, <laughs> you know, like that's like that's like the sweet spot. That's like, oh my gosh, and like I think um, if you're just learning, that's where you're at all the time, and it's really trying to get that in your life when it's like you know when when we're this far into music, like if we can keep that mindset and keep that you know creativity and not being scared to just be like oh you know what let's just write a song in 11 8 and see how it goes or you know what like let's just put some techno on this <laughs> you know yeah. like why why not because that you know that's how and you can see how it sounds and maybe it sounds awful and you're like cool well I tried that mm. <laughs> um but it's just being creative and not being scared I was thinking about the bit where you're like maybe you don't know the names of the notes and it makes me think of um you know, in Friends, where, like, Phoebe's, like, trying to teach Joey, the guitar is, like, the old, the old lady hand and, like, the core. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> It makes me think yeah. of that. Um, <laughs> and then I was just thinking about, kind of, having creative license to do things. It's mm. Probably is, I think also maybe that comes with age. I think when you come, yeah. I think maybe when you're, like, a certain, at, at least for me, I find that I'm over, like, a certain age. I'm like, oh, I can't really af- afford to be a beginner. Or I shouldn't be a beginner. Mm. It's almost, like, embarrassing. And we have to kind mm. of get over that self-consciousness because we're all Mm. we're all beginners at something at some point yeah so but equally it's about that environment as I was saying like I think people are so much more willing to create a supportive environment for young people because you know we want to nurture young people but you know we should be creating supportive environments for everyone um Mm. you know every literally everyone like grandmas and stuff Mm. and um and I think like with music you can do that like you especially like you know with a gig you know I love gigs. <laughs> I love live music, and I feel like, you, as a performer, you can you can create exactly the atmosphere you want to create when just by like being on stage and, you know, being where you what venue you choose, what acts follow you, um, or like introduce you, what you're wearing, mm. what you're saying between the songs. You know, like you can create a whole mood, like literally a whole mm. mood. And you can create that space where people feel like they can be whoever they want to be. That is incredible that music can do that. And yeah, it's something we should all just be trying to do. You know? mm. I feel like that, that was like the perfect answer, actually. <laughs> yes. And I also think it ties back to the very beginning mm. of this conversation when you were talking about music kind of changing the world. Mm. It feels like maybe that is the answer like maybe music's the tool to get people to open Mm. up and for to provide safe spaces Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah people to feel comfortable in all areas of life Mm. exactly yeah and yeah music's like like paving the way and setting the example for Mm. them you've just solved the world's problems (laughs) (laughs) keep trying keep trying we'll just have a big jam and then it'll be fine last week with loads of uh, like artists and musicians um, who I didn't know like I was just meeting new people mm-hmm. and I was speaking to this older guy who told me he was a blues guitarist mm. he told me many times <laughs> he was a blues guitarist I don't know how much he'd had to drink <laughs> but um, I was kind of like yeah like yeah like being a being a jazz singer I know how the blues jams go Mm. and I never feel particularly welcome at them so talking like the opposite of safe spaces Mm. they always feel quite exclusive Mm. um and incredibly male dominated maybe I'm going to the wrong jams (laughs) yeah I'm I know more about the jazz scene than the blues but the reason I mentioned blues is because this guy who was a guitarist was talking about it just being full of guitarists mm. and I don't know if you found the same thing and also in relation to it being such a male dominated sort of space mm. have you found that difficult at any point like have you ever found 
that because even I've had it as a singer and you wouldn't expect singers to have mm. it but people being like oh she's counting us in like she's <laughs> she's doing this like it must be so much worse if you're a female guitarist. oh girl man I've been fighting against the patriarchy my whole life you know <laughs> um yeah it's a I, I I can I I could you know happily do a five hour rant about just subject alone. Um, where do I? Okay, how am I going to package this? So yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it depends. When I've been out of London, actually, it's been a hundred times worse. Um, really, I think just because it was the fact that I was the only female instrumentalist they'd probably ever seen, and they thought I was some kind of you know like they were like, oh, what do you do? How how do you play guitar? don't get it <laughs> in, in the in the heads but um yeah it was pretty awful you know I was quite young and it was very exclusionary and quite predatory and mm. quite rubbish actually it's really hard when you're trying to do music and there's mm. no ways in um as a woman um in London generally it's been a lot better I think because they have seen a female musician <laughs> before yeah. um, they have come across one of them yes and, um, <laughs> it has opened their minds hopefully <laughs> um not all the time I mean there's pockets there's bubbles as well like you know as we say as musicians play with musicians they play with um more often than with other people um and I found myself in a really great bubble (laughs) you know I'm not about to leave my bubble it's great um but yeah I mean you know with um you know this applies to racism as well um like Mm. with with um prejudices prejudices hang on discrimination like there's there's the other and then there's the the subtle and the subtle is what kills it really is because you never you always feel a bit paranoid like are they talking down to me because i'm a woman or because of something else are they having a bad day are they hangry Mm. i don't know (laughs) but i think it might be because you know i don't have a penis i don't know (laughs) and yeah you know i've had to fight a battle I've been I've had to fight many 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 battles um but uh you know I think again that's because I my route into music has always been me on my own <laughs> and um and you know the the, the safe spaces weren't always there um mm. I think I think that has kind of always encouraged me to create that space safe space myself um since as yeah I always try and have female majorities in my bands I I, it just helps it just helps Mm -hmm. um you know whenever you're the only woman in a band I personally um feel it just changes the dynamic I mean a lot of I'm not saying all men are awful you know 100% not um but the dynamic shifts and you and you do feel it um not always but with most with most groups of people I mean it's with any group of people it's a dynamic you know but um I, I do feel um at least a balanced band the energy is um, way more supportive and again like you you feel a lot more free creatively if you're not constantly thinking oh my god I need to play this so that boys mm. think I can play my instrument <laughs> you know like it is a kind of psychological battle continually um and it's not one it's just a waste of energy it really is mm. um but yeah women uh women in music are and not it's not equal in any way like we can look at the stats we can look at experiences i'm not saying every woman's had a hard time 100 percent not um but um i'm not saying i'm not saying this is all men's fault men can't you know men are shit i'm not saying that at all either <laughs> i'm just saying you know it's a system like so many other systems and um i think women coming together is um is the best way um I'm not saying men don't have a part to play you know please don't be a twat is my mm. message but um yeah women looking out for other women is always is what I try and do it's what's actually helped me the most in, in, in anything um and uh and yeah and, and finding a great bubble I've got a great bubble and I'm hoping that that bubble is actually because things are changing in a positive way and that that bubble will become the normal <laughs> mm. um in the future I you know I'm not saying it is but um, I'm saying I'm hopeful and you know with the people I know it's definitely going to get that way um so yeah positive message yeah definitely <laughs> nice and and if um if there might be some people uh listening uh perhaps some of our female or non-binary friends do you have any 
platforms or collectives that you would recommend I mean I can think of like Girls Rock London obviously like women in jazz um organizations like that do you have any more that you'd recommend uh people to kind of find their way um so I volunteered with Loud Women which is um it's kind of is yeah it's more of like a punk thing but you know they're open to other genres um but yeah female-led uh non-binary led projects um again tomorrow's warriors tries to kind of really uh, promote women um so if you're a jazz a young jazz musician head there um i mean it's also just you know places where women are a bit more in the majority like when i do jams and stuff i always try and have you know a couple of women in the house band kind of thing because like Mm. i said it just helps it just changes the dynamic it just means women are slightly more comfortable getting on stage Mm -hmm. i hope and if not, I will force them up there. <laughs> so I really do. I'm like, you, female, get up. <laughs> um, just, you know, in a nice way. Maybe not always in a nice way. But, uh, um, yeah, I think, yeah, find find the places you feel comfortable. And also, I'm not saying, like, if you're a woman, you can't play with the guys and whatnot. Um, 100% not. And if you feel comfortable, that's great. But it's probably because they know you quite well. And maybe they won't be as nice to... Um, you know, another random lady who they had to judge whether she was worthy or not. <laughs> you know, there's just a slight bit of that. So obviously you haven't been able to lead any jams at the moment. Unless, oh, no. have you virtually? No, not happened, no. Maybe not, mm. no. But whenever the time is when we can actually come to one of your jams, mm. we would love to come. Please do, yes. Had to, we'll get you, we'll get you doing something. Uh, maybe I'll just be playing the triangle. That's fine, man. I, I can bring a triangle. I can bring a percussion box. Just get on stage. There we go. That's my. That's yeah. that's what I do. Yeah, I used to have one at um, the Windmill in Brixton, which was super fun. It was really nice. Um, I've done one or two random ones at like Brainchild and and places like that, which are you know, um, the Brainchild team is glorious and mm. very much a safe space. Um, like we were chatting about, very creative. Um, and yeah, I've been, oh, there's Higher Jam, um, Higher Ground, sorry, Higher Ground Jams, which is run by Sophie Grant, is that her name? Sophie. Um, and she always has a mixed band, which is awesome. And, you know, if I think if I think harder, I'm sure there's other ones, but those are the ones that kind of spring to mind as just being always, always, you know, good. <laughs> <laughs> album dream jazz manifesto yeah yeah that i so i read that that was like a really long process and you yeah. wrote some of the songs like three to five years ago yeah that's a really long time to be writing um mm. and then how do you keep momentum with that and and also like what was that whole process kind of like yeah well like i said like a lot of the songs like you know they'll come to me in a day it just takes a while between the days sometimes <laughs> and um yeah i'm i'm always writing bits i think um like I was saying earlier I'm quite a random person and you know one day I'll sit down I'll write like a jazz ballad and the next day I'll write a disco song and then the next day I'll write like a rock thing and then I'll write something which is kind of amalgamation of all three of them and then you know it really depends with my songwriting process um it's not it's not definitely scientific in any way Mm. um but the, the way that it's kind of you know running at the moment is like I'll just write um not really thinking too much about it and then things will slowly coalesce into something which resembles a project like so at the moment I have a new disco band which you know I haven't released anything but you know it's kind of more poppy and upbeat and just fun dancing music I've just finished recording a kind of ballads album with like a jazz a proper like spiritual jazz thing um and then I'm, you know, I've just finished doing this big production thing, um, which is actually remixes of the Dream Jazz Manifesto. Oh, wow. Um, and that's, yeah, and that's like way more hip hop and pop and kind of, you know, experimenting with production techniques. And I'm trying to write at the moment for something which is, I don't know, somewhere between all three of those. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, I feel like... Um, you know, I'm trying not to put too much pressure on myself because I know that I'm... I, I like doing so many different things and I can't really force myself into any mold 
because I'm a jelly lol. <laughs> um, uh, so I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to be doing dad jokes today, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I think you know if I if I'm just writing how I feel and trying to be honest with my songwriting, um, it tends to just come out in different ways. So mm. just roll with it and mm. uh, and kind of things start making sense after after you put them in a certain album or a certain thing together no yeah. definitely actually on the subject of dad jokes uh <laughs> this is a bit of a this is like kind of one of those I like think. linking things but um are, is your are your parents like musical or your family musical you've got such an eclectic taste in, <laughs> in music and su- like such a broad range well you know I was thinking this actually yeah I think you know, uh, the strange I've kind of been realizing this more recently the strange way that kind of happened is more through like charity shops and I'll tell you why, because I, like I, I used to I used to love charity shops like that um, to get clothes and whatnot when I was a teenager. And, um, you know, they also had those CD racks and mm. I used to just like pick random bits, you know, I'd be like, oh, who is Ella Fitzgerald? <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, for real. And, and then, you know, then I was like, what is jazz? <laughs> and then, um, is jazz? yeah. And, you know, when you just literally open and you're like, okay, I guess today I'm going to listen to The Velvet Underground. Let's see mm. what that is. Um, yeah, I, I mean, my dad my dad did, did, did music, but, um, you know, he's very adamant that he had no musical influence on me whatsoever. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, my mum my was a, a dancer for a bit, so I used to love um, kind of romantic, classical you know, Tchaikovsky, oh my God, is my fave. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, um, yeah, my music taste, like I said, it's always just been me on my ones. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, being like, oh my gosh, let me just listen to some like, I don't know, um, you know, like Nisrat Fateh Ali Khan or um, flamenco or um, South African choir music. You know, I just, yeah, just, just seeing what, what's about. I love this. I love also the idea that like the charity shop was your your DJ. <laughs> well, you know what? It's a strange DJ, but it, it brings out some bangers sometimes. Definitely. I actually I completely agree yeah. with that actually. Like the bangers that I've got at the charity shops, like like Motown jazz. Like yeah. Shazam's great for that. I do think that there was a golden age of charity shops and I don't know if that I feel like it's gone now because they've become very trendy. Because I used to, all my clothes, like, are secondhand, even now. Um, and I remember, like, yeah. going through, like, all the scopes, like, with my mum when I was, like, four. But now they're just yeah. so fancy. Go watch out for the hipsters. Yeah. No, no, I have a, I, have a <laughs> I, I think, like, you know, if, if I was able to monetize this, but I, I do have, like, a sixth sense for charity shops. because obviously the world is a bit mad but what do you think <laughs> is kind of next for like music in general mm. maybe like the jazz scene or the DIY mm. scene or yeah. the London scene I don't know what do you kind of think is what's your predictions well my finger on the pulse yeah I mm. think um uh, you know jazz is at the moment so awesome it's just great mm. and um you know I feel like you know the kind of Moseses and Nubayas um, they've been taking a lot of influences from like grime and reggae and um, Afrobeat. Um, but, you know, I think the youngers, um, you know, they're listening much more to like trap and um, also, you know, um, well, it's like kind of EDM and um, punk as well. You know, like kind of guitar and heavy sounds, um, post-punk and, and that kind of thing. And I just hear a... You know, bands like Zanyel and um, Nihilism and who else? Yeah, people people on the scene are just kind of getting a little bit more, you know, production. Well, we have to do a bit more production now because, you know, we mm. can't play together. <laughs> so, you know, on our laptops, making beeps and bops. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, also like, yeah, just opening up the genre a little, the genres a little bit more, mm. um, not so much with the Afrobeat and going a bit more into, you know, rock and um, certain sound worlds like that. I see. I mean, that's kind of what I've been doing and I've just noticed other people doing it. I'm not saying I've started that, lol. I'm just seeing, <laughs> just seeing what my mates are doing. <laughs> and um, yeah, and 
we're all kind of yeah we're all um being quite loose with the genres mm. thing um, branching saying, out yeah exactly yeah um so i definitely hear that as the future of music but who knows what effect lockdown is going to have on everyone what mm. craziness is going to happen when we come out i don't know <laughs> yeah it's mad to think isn't it totally mm. crazy Who are you listening to at the moment? Who have you got on repeat oh, at the moment? Oh my gosh, Dexter Gordon. Yeah, I was recently obsessed with Pharaoh Sanders as well. Um, Journey to the yeah. Journey to the One, um, that album. Um, who else? Um, oh my god, Chloe X Halley. I tend to get a little bit obsessed with a certain bits, and then I'll and then I'll be in a little rabbit hole, and then I'll somehow come out of it and be on another little rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> Uh, I can't, yeah, I had a whole Mariah Carey. Oh my God, Diana Ross. Diana mm. Ross has been a complete dreamy rabbit hole that I've fallen deeply down. That's perfect. <laughs> Jelly, thank you no so worries. much. Yeah, it's for... been lovely. Again, the best podcast experience I've ever had. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Might just get you to, um, yeah, do a little uh, video of that. Just, you know, you can keep it. No worries, oh. no worries. Lee, I have a nice <laughs> Thank you. such a pleasure to speak to Jelly Cleaver and if you would like to find out more about what she's doing she's pretty active online so you can follow her on Instagram at Jelly Cleaver or you can check out her website that's www.jellycleaver.com nice and easy Dude. and don't forget us to give us a like on facebook at on repeat the podcast and follow us on instagram at on repeat the podcast and just slide into our dms yeah we love that <laughs> we do we really do you know normally i'd be like nah, but we do love it if you slide into our on repeat dms makes our day <laughs> it really does it really does and also thanks for your reviews they've been really positive and we love reading your thoughts and comments so keep them coming in See you next week week on On Repeat.